about the time that I applied to ALA where it was when I applied to ALA I I wasn't really passionate about what they were selling um <laughs> fixing in myself is like this need for like external validation um especially as an artist that's something that can really impact your work negatively there's as many different ways to be a man as there are men on this earth you know what i mean like there's no one definition of what being a man is and i think um welcome everybody this is alpha delta a podcast where we have conversations with people who are operating at a higher level than most with the hopes that it motivates and inspires people to become the best version of themselves so today i'm joined by musila munive musila is someone that i've known for quite a long period of time um he's someone who we went to the same high school together in, in Kenya except he was a couple of years ahead of me and we were also very fortunate to go to the same high uh boarding school in South Africa except he was many many years ahead of me but he was actually one of those people who um sort of inspired me to want to pursue going to boarding school in South Africa so I'm very excited to have him here on the podcast because there's a lot of like very amazing things he's done over the years um but musila you know for those who don't know who you are could you just introduce yourself tell them you know, who you are where you're from what you do and what you do in school bro you're making me sound so old man <laughs> <laughs> many many years ahead of me um no stress not that many yeah, uh, yeah. it's not that bad it's it was really a not. couple years yeah a couple yeah. um so yeah my name is musila munuve i am an aspiring filmmaker uh from nairobi kenya um like Joe mentioned we went to Braeside High School together and then had the privilege of going to the African Leadership Academy together um yeah and since then I've I've done a couple of things but I am currently pursuing a masters in fine arts in film production at the University of Texas Austin um and I'm I'm in my first year of that so um excited for what that journey is going to look like Awesome, awesome. Very good intro. So to clarify to everyone, it's not that many years. It's probably like what three, <laughs> like three from really being realistic, three or four, something like I think, that. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's not even that many. Um, so anyway, the first question I have for you is, you know, um, what are you passionate about and why? That's a that's a great question. Um I think I'm passionate about a lot of things. Um but it's funny because I think one of the things that connects us is African Leadership Academy. And I think around that time um, is when I started to find that question for myself and like think about what I'm passionate about um, and was influenced a lot by the people there. But a short answer is I think just making the world a better place in any way I can. Um, and that's looked different throughout the years. And my connection to that goal has kind of waxed and waned over the years but I think it's just trying to make the world a better place and currently I'm trying to do that through art before that um, I was thinking about that through like a tech um, right. lens before that I was thinking about that through like a sporting lens um, so right. just trying to in any small way um, just improve the area around you I think it's um, I don't remember where it's from but I was I've always had this saying in my mind of you you sweep the street in front of you like if you mm. if you have a house, just sweep the street in front of you, and the right. world will be cleaner. Like if everybody does that, the world will be cleaner. So I think okay, yeah. uh, my passion is just like sweeping the the streets in front of me and trying to influence right. the things that I can. Yeah, that's interesting. No, that's something that I actually like. I resonate with quite a lot. You know, just um, um, trying to just make things better 
Um, and I think for me, it's it more ties towards people, right? It's like, you know, how do you make people better? How do you help people? How do you bring value? I think that's something that, you know, we share that similar passion of like, because, you know, if you're trying to make the world better, obviously you're making it better for people, right? So it's, it's, it's very, very much related in that sense. Um, so, you know, taking a step back, um, I want you to just tell us a bit about your childhood, you know, like, you know, what do you spend your time doing? Um, what was it like as young Muslim in Munave? You know, what was high school like? You know, just give us that overall picture of growing yeah. up. Yeah, um, as, so my childhood, I think important to say, I was the younger of two brothers. Um, and my brother and my family kind of influenced me a lot. So I was, my brother is a very talkative guy. So I was happy to just be the quiet one. You know, when you go to like family settings and they're like asking the kids, okay, so what are you doing? What class are you in? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like my brother would kind of answer those questions. I just stand to the side quietly. Um, <laughs> I was a quiet kid for the most part. Um, yeah. I think school was something that I did well in. I think I tested well. I was good at testing. So I kind of mm. always kind of uh, skated through school for the most part. Um, but what I actually cared about was football. I played a lot of soccer in my life. Right. It was before class, we we're playing football. If the teacher leaves the class for any reason, we we're playing football with like a bottle top. Yeah. Lunchtime, we we're playing football. Yeah. After school, we we're playing football. On the weekends, we we're playing football. So um, I played a lot of football growing up. And I think that's influenced me in many ways in terms of how I think about like teamwork, how I think about um, like exertion, like applying yourself right. um in obviously in like football it's like a very physical manifestation of just like applying yourself but that kind of mindset transfers easily to a lot of different things uh but yeah so I was playing football a lot growing up um and I did well in school right. so I was I wasn't I didn't really care that much about school it was mm -hmm. it just kind of happened and I was doing well yeah. so I just like kept doing it um right. until about the time that I applied to ALA where it was when I applied to ALA, I I wasn't really passionate about what they were selling. Um, it wasn't like, oh, I want to change Africa, I want to change the world. Nah, yeah. for me, I wanted to leave the house. I wanted to go to boarding school right. and like leave my home. Right. And I think uh, I'm also a very competitive person, uh, which right. is also influenced by football. So it was the way it was pitched in school is like, okay, there's only three spots for Brayside kids to have like an endorsed application like the school would endorse your application and be like okay we're putting forward this person right and i didn't i didn't get any of those spots they didn't right. endorse my application so I was like, yeah i think there was like some some behavioral stuff that was an issue. <laughs> so for me in my head i was like okay you're not going to endorse me i'm going to get in without your endorsement and, right and see that's like competitive badge um, exactly yeah, exactly yeah. so yeah i ended up getting in um and I think ALA kind of shaped a lot of who I became in terms of like how I see the world I mentioned before, but also just the people I met shaped me a lot and a lot of really great friendships I've made um, at ALA and obviously then helped me go to university, uh, which was a different chapter. And that opened a lot of doors to me and kind of helped me get to the path of the point where I am now. Um, so that's like a bit about my childhood. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah it does it does it's a very very good picture and, and interesting i mean um like i think i was i knew you were 
quite um, passionate about about football. I just didn't know to what extent. So now hearing about that that experience of you know you wake up, go to like football before you you go to school, football at lunchtime or after school. That's uh, that's interesting. It was just like a a lifestyle thing at that point. Um, right. So the next question I have for you is, you know, can you just walk us through how you got to where you are today? You know, just tell us a bit about, about your career path. You know, what are some of the things you've done, where you've been? Just walk us through that whole entire journey. Yeah. So at ALA, I, I don't really have much of a career. So I guess I'll start in high school. So I started at ALA. Um, I, one of my counselors recommended that I apply to, to Stanford and I ended up getting in very luckily i think again a big part of it is just testing well so i did well in the sats i did well in like my a levels um and yeah i guess that influenced my application a lot um so i got into stanford and stanford is obviously very tech biased so i ended up majoring in computer science but i was always artistically curious i would say um and for my 18th birthday my mom bought me a camera because around that time i was getting interested in photography um so all throughout uni i was taking pictures you know like graduation pictures if there's an event i'm trying to take pictures um if i worked any job like i worked at the black community services center i would take pictures at like events that they held so i kind of started to build at least within the university a name for myself artistically and i graduated around 2018 and a friend of mine who is now working in film was working on a short film and he needed someone to be his cinematographer um and because of my photography I was like yo if you're interested um would you would you be down to be my cinematographer and I knew nothing so he he sent me like a couple of YouTube links and things like that um and I was just like doing the YouTube university of how to learn about <laughs> cinematography yeah. kind of thing you know so yeah. I I learned what I could I made like a a short like music video not music video it was like what I imagined the music video of this song would be right. um, interesting like, oh, was that with like stock footage or were you do it using like actual like footage that you shot edited yeah interesting yeah so I, I got my I had a camera at the time and I just like got three of my friends and I shot the music video over the course right. of like two days edited it myself um and it was just trying to explore um this this world of cinema and right after that happened I was so that was there was a gap between graduating and starting work so this that video happened in that gap and then after like a few weeks after that video came out or I, I released it it was I was waiting to hear back from like my work authorization so I didn't get my work authorization so basically like you have to leave like you have yeah. to leave the country I wasn't deported exactly <laughs> but it's like um, yeah yeah I know essentially essentially that's what happened so I got back to Nairobi and I wasn't in a very like positive mind space like I had right. this this tech job I was going to make a lot of money like I'd already yeah. told my family like everybody was like excited I had signed a lease to an apartment bro I was wow. I was ready I was like wow. set. Yeah, yeah. and then um yeah I had to go back to Nairobi and start to think about okay this thing has happened what what can you do um how can you like find your feet here so I started my com- computer science background was in UX design. So I started to look for um, any UX positions that I could find in, in the city. And at that time was before like Microsoft and Google and all these places had come. So there wasn't um, as much of an appreciation of UX design in right. the city as there is now. 
Um, so it was mostly like design agencies. And for the most part at that time, it was like brand design agencies. So there wasn't much work. Um, right. And then I found uh, this company called Arc Africa. Um, mm -hmm. And Fadi Rostam, who ended up being my my first boss. That guy is a genius. You should actually, if you're going to interview people, I think you should yeah. interview Fadi. Yeah. He's, Make he's an incredible guy. No, I will. I will okay. actually. Um, so I met Fadi and I, I started working at Arc and I worked there for a couple of years. And that kind of launched me or helped me in my journey towards film because design and film is all it's visual communication for right. the most part yeah. like you if you're designing a website or you're designing a logo you're trying to communicate something visually and if you're right. in a film if you're thinking about costume if you think about color you're just trying to communicate some piece of information to the audience visually so it got me to practice my visual eye and visual thinking in a like nine to five space but aside from that I was trying to do photo shoots whenever I could I was trying to do video shoots I did like two music videos for just my friends nothing too crazy um right. and then around the time of 2020 like around um the time that COVID became um became a thing in like people's wider consciousness and we went into quarantine I basically had all this time on my hands because I wasn't right um I wasn't going out I wasn't doing any of the things that I, I was used to doing so I just had all this time on my hands that I started watching like a lot of film and I started um writing so I wrote a script um that was inspired by Frank Ocean um mm. I'm really inspired by music in a lot of the work that I do so I was with a so. script that was inspired by Frank Ocean and I kind of went through the process just like again YouTube University how to write a script I wrote right. it and then like how do you cast actors? And I wrote it. And um, it's it kind of grew throughout quarantine. And then as we started to open back up and I got to work, it was hard to develop the script and develop the movie. Like after right. work, you come back, you come home from work at five, you're tired, maybe you go to the yeah. gym, you come home, you don't even want to think, you just want to like yeah, put on something sure. on TV and sleep. So it was, it, it kind of took a back burner. And then I think I eventually made the film in i want to say august or september of 2021 mm -hmm. so that was like a year of it just like sitting in my drafts um so I, I i went through the casting process like the rehearsal process and then over two days i shot it with just my friends um i reached out to my friends i was like yo can you help me like do behind the scenes photography like stuff in yamatu did right. the behind the scenes photography my girlfriend at the time did like the lighting and the sound <laughs> with me yeah. um so it was just like a very in-house kind of thing and that film ended up being what i used to apply to to film school with. um so i applied to film school that was actually the second time i applied to film school i applied to film school in 2019 when i got to nairobi um and i got in but I didn't have the money to go basically they didn't have any scholarships for me at the time um so this time around i applied to like a wider range and schools i had a bit more funding available and right. with this film i ended up getting in and yeah so i've been in film school since august of last year and um that's kind of where i'm at now and yeah so far film school has been i think one of the reasons i wanted to come to film school was to have the space to make mistakes right um, because i was making 
was making films in Nairobi, but there's no space. It didn't feel like there was space for failure. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you're coming home from work and you're putting your own money into this. You're putting other people's time into this. Right. It doesn't feel like it's a place where you can really experiment and try things. You feel like you right. have to. If you're doing this thing, one, it has to be financially viable for it to yeah. um, justify the time that you're spending on it. Um, and two, you just don't have enough time to make things often enough that you can fail and try again and fail and try right. again. So the thing I, I really wanted from film school was um, the space to fail and also the community um, around me. So in those aspects, it's been great because um, in the first semester alone, like you make you make a, a 13 minute documentary, which I made um, and I can share that with you at some point. Um, right. and aside from that you're making things every week you're writing a script every week you're making like a cinematography project every week so this kind of quick turnaround and feedback yeah. process um we talk about this all the time at ala it's like um like what is it something practice deliberate practice yeah is, deliberate practice. what you're doing Ten thousand hours exactly <laughs> exactly exactly so it kind of I was doing it anyway through YouTube and a lot of the information, honestly, that you're learning in film school, you can find on YouTube, yeah, but the things that true. you you don't have are the space to, to make these mistakes in like a environment that's, yeah. um, there's no financial pressure. And also you have the community that can like, yeah. elevate the work that you're doing because the people who are in film school with me are helping me with, with sound, with cinematography, with editing, with whatever. Um, and that's, um, that's a huge, huge, um, huge boost to the work that you do so um so yeah i'm currently in my second semester of film school and so the first semester you make a documentary and now i'm working on a narrative film so it's going to be about five to seven minutes and uh the film is about grief and migration and like what it means to be african abroad um or like one one piece of what it means to be african abroad so um yeah i'm excited about that that's that's interesting, man. It's very exciting stuff, man, for sure. Um, I think what I really picked up from your your story is just like this need to be resourceful. I think your your whole experience has just been like, you know, from you tapping into like YouTube university a lot, tapping into your friends, tap, just basically trying to be as resourceful as possible. Um, very well knowing that you just didn't have the resources to like, like you said, you know, devote a significant chunk of time to just like develop a film and like you know hire the most expensive equipment and all that stuff right um yeah. and i think that's like a really 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 good like um like advice or insight for anyone who's listening is that like you know you you just have to be like resourceful at the things that you're trying to like that you're passionate about that they're trying to develop right 100 100 and i think the like use your community i think a lot of people when you think about networking you think about like connecting with people above you. And I think people talk a lot more about like horizontal networking and just like tapping into your peers because those are the people who know you the best. Those are the people who probably understand your vision the best. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of value there. So um, connect with the people who aren't like above you necessarily, but like beside you. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That's that's actually really important. Like I always see it like, you know, the ones that are around you, you can see them as like your, your tribe. These are like your people who are like, you know, they got your back. Um, they hold you accountable to some degree to what you say you want to do. And they're there to support you. At the end of the day, when you have a good circle of people around you, you know, they, they want to see you um, succeed at anything that you're trying to uh, succeed at, that is. 
Um, so yeah, so the next question I have for you is, you know, what has been one pivotal moment in your life that has shaped your career? And the follow-up question to that is, what has been the greatest achievement in your career so far? Um, pivotal moment. I think probably not getting the the visa, the work mm. authorization, because I think if I had gotten the work authorization, I'd have gotten my tech job and like been making money, and there would have been no reason for me to look inward because when I didn't get the visa, I came home and. One, I was so I was working a design job and I wasn't making that much money. Yeah. Um when I think a lot of entry level jobs in Nairobi you we've all heard this stories, you know, it's like yeah, it's 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 tough. So you're not making much money. And at the time I wasn't really enjoying like UX design or like computer science that much. And for me, I think if you're if you're working a job, it should either be making you like a decent amount of money or should be making you happy um, at least aspirationally those are the two things we should look for not everyone has a privilege to kind of make that distinction um, but for me it was it wasn't either it wasn't making me money and I wasn't happy yeah. so I was like okay why am I doing this and it, it forced right. me to to think about what I actually wanted to do I was like okay if I'm going to be because I'd always thought about art I was always curious about art but I think especially when you go to these um like prestigious institutions people are like oh you went to ala you went to stanford you should be doing something x y and z you should be doing something like impressive right, right. um you should be doing something that makes you a lot of money so i was thinking okay if i become an artist it's gonna be rough for a long time i might not be yeah. making money for a long time i'm going to be there's a big possibility especially in kenya if you're an artist that you're going to be broke yeah um, so I'm like okay if I'm going to be broke anyway, you know, if I'm <laughs> if I have this computer science degree and I'm not making yeah, much money, yeah, I'm just... broke anyway. So I might as well be happy, you know. So I started right. thinking about actually what are the things that are making me happy and what can I do um that will fulfill me um in the long term. And that's when I started thinking about film seriously. Uh, so I think that's probably the pivotal moment for me. Um what was the second question? The um, second half of the question. What has been the greatest achievement in your career so far? Um, the greatest achievement. I don't know. I think again, this is another way I'm influenced by football. But people always, if you look at football players, you always look at the last match. It doesn't matter if you've won the World Cup, if you're this and this person. Like, yeah, Ronaldo has been a a great player for a long time but now he's right. playing in Saudi Arabia people forget about all of that so I think the greatest achievement is always the last thing that you've done and for me that was the documentary that I released so um, at this point I think that's that's probably um, my biggest project as an artist it's a 13 minute film um, which is longer than anything I've done or released before and um, I think documentaries are very difficult to make because you this is there's a much smaller scope of control. Like there's much more, there's much less things you can control. Like with a film set, you can control the light, you can control the schedule, you can control the sound. With a documentary, you literally with your camera and your mic, and if there's a sound happening outside, you can't tell the guy to stop blowing leaves. You can't yeah. like change the lighting in someone's house necessarily that much. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot less control over, over what you're doing. So I think the fact that I made a, a documentary, which is outside of my comfort zone and um it's screened pretty well i think it got pretty good response from 
um, the people who saw it at the screening here at school um, is, is probably my biggest accomplishment thus far. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, so the next question I have for you is, what is the biggest challenge you ever had in your life and how did you overcome it? Um, I think the biggest challenge is a continual one I've faced since I was a kid. So I talked about like being quiet as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been very shy. And I think that comes from a point of being um, self-conscious about perception, about people's perception. Um, right. And I think that's something I've been on and off and with like different levels of intention working towards fixing in myself is like this need for like external validation. Um, mm -hmm. Especially as an artist, that's something that can really impact your work negatively. If you're listening to everybody's feedback, if you're trying to make everyone happy, you make something that doesn't really mean anything um, because there's not one thing you're saying. You're trying to say right. everything for everybody all the time. Um, so I think trying to fix this need for external validation has probably been my biggest challenge, not just in like my career, but in terms of my life as well. Um, is something that I've been working on and it's it's probably something that everybody has to some extent yeah um, yeah i think humans are social creatures you right like you, the feeling of of being in a tribe you're you want people to appreciate you and like appreciate your work but i think there's there should be some boundaries around what that looks right. like um and it's a good thing sometimes you know i think it's it's kind of what keeps people in check sometimes if you have yeah. no care or regard for the people around you um that's also not, not a positive thing but i think there should be like a boundary around what that looks like yeah that's interesting i mean like it's that's something i can relate to a lot i mean growing up in high school i think that was something that i i definitely had a challenge with a lot of the times of that thing of like always trying to be you know accepted trying to be um you know you do all these things of like for lack of a better word, I guess people pleasing in a sense. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like, and sometimes you do it in a way where it becomes detrimental to your own, like, you know, your own values or your own interests, right? Um, so my question for you is like, you know, now that you're in this phase of like it's it's like you're constantly trying to work at this, like, you know, how how do you approach it? Like what sort of like principles do you put in place? You know, how do you how do you essentially think about tackling? issue yeah um there's a couple of ways i think number one is therapy honestly mm -hmm. i think everybody should go to therapy yeah. i've been in therapy like on and off um just because of like insurance and and things right now i'm not in therapy but i'm, I'm looking for a therapist i think having someone who is trained to to kind of think about these things and is sitting outside of yourself um and can help you just shift your perspective on the things that you're doing and the things that you're thinking is is helpful um so i think therapy is number one i think number two just in terms of my own thinking like reading on on the, on the subject i think validation is something that everybody needs but the way you find it is um is important so it's like if you 
if you're getting a validation from other people, that's like a very fickle thing. And depending on your environment, the things that people validate are going to be different. If right. you're in Nairobi versus in California, the thing that people value are going to be different. And you find right. yourself changing just because you're looking for that validation. But yeah. if that validation is internal, if you're looking at, okay, what are my hobbies and how do I get validation from that? What are um, the things that I give back? Um, and and how does that um, how does that impact me? How am I... Um, what is my relationship with my family? What is right. my relationship with myself? Like how, I think speaking of like, because you work out a lot, I think that's like a good sense of validation because in the gym, it's like, it's about progression. Right. It's about a like continual progression. It's like, okay, all this other stuff might be going on in my life, but I hit a PR this week. Like exactly. I added five pounds to this this week. And that's, that's like an internal validation that nobody can take away from you. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think just things that you can you can do for yourself that, that can provide validation are, are important. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very very important um, um, thing that you just mentioned and very 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 key insight actually. It's like you just spoke a lot about just like you know values, like understanding what you really do value and what brings you validation. I think even for me, like over time, I've really gotten very, very you know, focused and dialed in as to what those things are. Like I always tell people, like, I don't care about a lot of things, but this is a very small set of things that I do care a lot about. And for me, that's like really just like, you know, faith, my family, um, fitness and finances. Like that's it's funny. It's all I've actually got that from someone else. But like essentially they put it in the best person. But like for me, it's like that's the one area where I know like um. I do, that's where my focus is and attention is and everything else beyond that. It's just like, I don't, I just take it all like, like it's a, a joke, right? Okay, not really a joke, but it's, you know, it's all just like not as serious to me, right? But yeah, um, yeah like you said, just having that, knowing like what you really value and what's really important to you just really helps with, with just um, making sure that you don't fall trapped to just always seeking validation from from things that don't really matter to you at all. 100%, 100%. I think what you said about the values is, I definitely didn't say that that was you, but um, <laughs> I agree I agree with it for sure. I think having having things that um, are well-defined and taking the time to define those values for yourself is important. Um, yeah, 100%. All right, so Mosilla, you were just telling us a bit about, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had and you know how you're currently overcoming them. So the next question I have for you is, you know, what advice would you give someone who's trying to do the same things as you? Um, yeah. I think um, make as much as you can and watch as much as you can. Uh, I was taking this class and they were talking about Richard Linklater, who's one of my favorite filmmakers. And he said when he was in like his film school, he didn't go to film school, but he like created a film school like curriculum for himself and he just watch a bunch of films so you'd watch he said three films a day um something like that so just watch as much as you can so you can understand the the film language um i think okay so there's a caveat to that i think if you're watching a lot obviously there's a lot of bias towards like hollywood and western cinema but you kind of have to understand those rules if you want to break them um some would argue uh, but also like making sure you're watching a lot of African cinema if you're an African filmmaker. Um, it's interesting being in film school because you kind of have to do like double study. You have to like 
okay, you're doing the classwork, but also you're trying to learn. If you're doing film history, you're like, okay, I'm doing your classwork, but I'm also trying to learn African film history because I'm not going to get that from you. Um, right. You have to kind of learn everything that you're being taught, but from an African perspective as well. So you kind of have to go outside of classwork to do that work if you're in film school, I think. Um, so I think always contextualizing the things that you're learning but also just making as much as you can um i wasn't good at this because i was doing the nine to five thing and i didn't have the bandwidth honestly to make too much but if you can just make as much as you possibly can like as many short films as possible if you can get on a set and see what a set looks like that would be sick um because i never worked on a set before coming to film school i only got to be on set this last semester um, and that completely changed the way I see films. Um, so if you can get on a set, do that. Um, yeah, I think, again, finding your community, um, finding people you can collaborate with, people who can workshop your scripts or your your edits, things like that. So, right. um, yeah. That's interesting. So what I'm getting for you, from you is, one, just the community piece. That's very important. And then just, like, you know, make as much as possible and, like, could you basically just indulge yourself in whatever in the craft, right? Just get obsessed. Yeah, yeah. Start, yeah. Indulge yourself in the craft, and also indulge yourself in the the study of it, the study of the past work and the work that you're trying to make. Um, because you you kind of have to build your taste as a as a filmmaker. What are the things you like? The things you don't like? <laughs> right, and you only get that from just getting exposed to a lot. Of different types of content right exactly yeah makes sense all right so the next question i have for you is you know where are you heading to like what are some of the things you're hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years yeah um so obviously i'm in film school so i'll try to graduate at some yeah. <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah that's priority be, <laughs> if i can graduate that would my parents would be very happy yeah um, <laughs> So that's that's number one. Um, but number two, just leave film school with um, films that I'm proud of. Um, I think standardly people go to film school and you want to get into film festivals, you want to get like feature length films made afterwards. And that would be dope. Um, I think making, I've said this a bunch and we've said this a bunch, but just like make community and make connections like in film school, but also while I'm in the States, which I don't think will be forever, creating a community um, that I can work with in the future and who inspire me um, is also really important to me. Yeah. Nice, that's very cool. All right, so the next set of questions are a bit more personal. And the first question I have for you is, um, do you practice self-improvement? And if you do, what do you do? Uh, yeah, man, I think I try to. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm also into fitness. Yeah. I'm trying to get into it uh so i do that a lot um i play football a lot i'm always trying to improve with no with no goal in mind i'm yeah. 28 at this point i'm not going to, play. <laughs> I'm always trying to get better i think in everything i do i'm trying to get better there's this quote i really like um by Arsene Wenger, who's a former arsenal manager mm -hmm. he said the goal of anything in, in life should be do it should be to do it well enough that it becomes an art um, right. and oh, I nice. always think about that which is if I'm if I'm doing an interview how can I 
do it well enough that it becomes an art like the way I'm segueing from topic to topic or if I am dressing how can I dress in a way that like expresses who I am was like artful if I'm um if I'm like maintaining relationships across across borders or like across oceans now how can I like maintain those in the best way possible so I think for me self-improvement is I try to practice it in everything that I do if I did this or this isn't working how can I improve upon that so um, I think I'm, I'm always trying to improve that's interesting it's, I like that I like that I like that quote that's a very nice quote actually yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah the next question I have for you I know you sort of did touch touch a bit about it previously but I'm just going to ask it just in case you might have a different response um, so the question is you know what is one area of your life you feel you could improve on yeah I think um I think definitely being being better at practicing self-validation and not being influenced by external validation as much. Um, I think that's something that I've been working on for a long time. I think I'm st I'm still far away from where I want to be, um, right. but definitely going to therapy and um, just like, again, creating these values and these ways of validating self. Um, like if I'm in a space where I don't feel validated by my surroundings, what are the things that I can look to in myself and be proud of? Um, and those are the things I'm constantly trying to be working on or looking for. Um, and I, I I don't think it's ever going to be something I'm like, okay, I'm at a point where I'm happy yeah. with where my validation is coming from. I think it's, for me at least, it's going to be, a lifelong journey and that's okay i think finding joy in the process and the journey whatever is is kind of the the move with this one so yeah 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 and it makes sense and actually i mean is that like i guess a dodge where they always say like you know the journey is always better than the destination it's like the pursuit mm -hmm. of something is always like much more valuable than the actual thing that you end up yeah. accomplishing so yeah it's that's very very interesting. Um, so yeah, the next question I have for you is um, what does being a man mean to you? Yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting question. I <laughs> I don't know. I think um, that's a very interesting question. I think masculinity and femininity are things that I've thought about a lot and I, I want to read more about because I don't think I have. Yeah. I don't think I have an honest answer for you in this question because I can send you some books, I think, man. I can send you some yeah. books. because I think masculinity in is okay. Ideas of masculinity and femininity have been taught in a way or socialized in a way that I think have been toxic in the past, and I think those have kind of seeped into every expression of what masculinity and femininity is. It's like. People say, oh, femininity is nurturing or whatever. It's like, is that is that really true? Has that been the case for all cultures, all societies? Is or is that just what we've kind of equated to femininity? Um like what is if we if we equated that to femininity and we said all women are feminine, what does that mean about like women who aren't necessarily naturally nurturing? Or if you said being a man is like being a protector or being like um a provider or whatever like what does that mean for like what does that do to the psyche what does that 
what pressures do those add to men um, and how are those positive or how are those negative? Um, I think, I guess the short answer to that question is being a man at this point is questioning gender and the idea of gender and what are the positives and negatives of how gender has been enforced and interpreted in society um, for me. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm curious to hear your answer, actually. <laughs> Sorry to turn the interview around. Uh, it's fine. I'm curious it's what fine. you would say to that question. Um, yeah. Where do I start? I mean, it's... So I have actually done, like, and I'm constantly trying to learn just, like, and understand, you know... Because, like, let's abstract, like, man and woman, right? Let's just abstract and just look at the energies. I like how you brought out masculine and feminine, right, from the from the onset, right? And something I'm really, really get to under, deeply understand, like, from the from the core is that, like, you know, every human being has both masculine and feminine energy in them, right? Um, I actually put out a post about this, and I actually got, like, a lot of very, very good feedback. And essentially, my post is just basically saying, like, like, we all have both masculine and feminine energy, and, like, the masculine purpose of the energy is like, you know, to, to work, to strive, to achieve, to lead, et cetera, right? That's like the masculine energy, right? And like the feminine energy is like, you know, to nurture, to love, um, uh, to care, those kind, those sort of traits, right? And these are things that, you know, you can find in both men and women. Like now what changes is that like every individual has like a factory setting, like you have a core, like something that, you know, is unique to you. And that's what you more or less gravitate towards. It's what typically you tend to prioritize in your life. So if you're someone who prioritizes a lot of like your work, things that you're passionate about, always trying to accomplish things, um, and you find the most fulfillment in that, then you can say you have a more masculine core. But if you're someone who you like, you value more relationships and, you know, trying to build love, and you gain a lot of um, fulfillment from that, then you have more of a feminine core. And that put, that puts aside the gender, right? It doesn't matter if you're a man or woman or whatever other type of gender you are, like it's it's all about just the energy that you have at your core. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's sort of what I've come to understand. Um, obviously, because of just the age we are, they sort of abstract and sort of box in, saying that masculine energy means that you're a man. And, and the main point it was being a heterosexual man and feminine mm -hmm. energy is as you're a woman right but really like no you have people who have you know you could be a man and you have a lot of feminine energy and you could be a woman you have a masculine energy um yeah. and the the book that i was talking that i was going to check and say with you like it it talks about it from a very heteronormative perspective but i still think like the insights are actually quite interesting which is why i got, got a lot of the way i think about it because mm -hmm. when you think about like relationships, for example, right, um, both masculine, like these are opposites and they tend to attract, right? So to some degree, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they agree to, yeah, to some degree, right? So yeah. um, like it's like to give an example, like it's, it's quite um, rare to see a very masculine individual together with a very masculine individual, if that makes sense, because like in a intimate setting, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, let's not get too much caught in the weeds. But it, anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, anyway. So point being, um, I see it more from a point of like, you know, um, from energies, like about masculinity and femininity. Um, 
unfortunately, because of this the society we're in, like, I mean, what it means to be a man, most cases we're talking about what it means to be a masculine man in most cases, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the, that situation, you know, then, then that's when I, if I'm looking at it from that lens specifically, then I say, okay, in that lens, you know, you look at things like, okay, um, you know, responsibility. I think that's like a very, very key thing, right? For a lot of masculine men, like you take a lot of responsibility and ownership um, about who you are, your actions, all those sort of things, um, your life. Um, I think it's it's also a thing about um, leadership. So leadership, not only just like, you know, it's both leadership uh, vertically and horizontally. So, you know, like I use that sort of like masculine man or masculine individual where you're, you're an inspiration to the people who are around you or like you lead the people around you as well as, you know, below you and you try to lead people above, you, you know, it's like across the board, you know, in all axes, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, then of course there's, then this is where things get a bit blurry where there's, there's always those like very um, traditional um ideologies of where like you know a masculine man is like a provider protector um those sort of things um but yeah (laughs) in a very long-winded explanation but uh like i mean for me i'm still discovering um a lot of it i mean i think also just how how like what i've been exposed to growing up has also had a very very huge influence like i've just i've grown up in a very i guess traditional home to some sense um you know where like my dad was a very masculine dad masculine person my mom was very feminine um and obviously from that perspective that sort of influenced my view on things plus also doing my own reading too so yeah yeah that makes sense um i think i think the the thing that probably resonated the most from what you said is like everybody has a factory setting everyone has like a different base level that they come from yeah. and i think for me that's i think I'll, I'll revise my answer and say that being a man has many has there's as many different ways to be a man as there are men on this earth you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's no one definition of what being a man is and i think um because i think that the the danger with saying for me with saying um a man is like the ideas of equating manhood with leadership or with responsibility is a kind of if you're again looking at these things as opposite kind of um creates these neural pathways or these stereotypes that okay if you think leader you think man and what are the what are the consequences of that when you're looking at um like implicit bias in like okay hiring right. processes hiring, or right. like politics or just like even interpersonal relationships on a day-to-day. So I think for me, my answer is that there's as many ways to be a man as that. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's no 100%. one way to be a man. I think what you said about like the, the factory setting, everybody kind of having a different way of interpreting gender and interpreting these things is is probably where I land. Um, and vice versa, there's as many ways to be a woman as are women. So um, I think that's kind of probably where I would want to land on that subject yeah 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 no it's definitely a very complicated topic to be talking about, especially nowadays yeah. but uh i think these conversations are important for for a lot of people because i think a lot of people are very um they just they sort of have the inclination that like 
something doesn't feel right or something like you know what i mean like some some sort of like yeah. almost uh mind i can only mind like some sort of like almost identity crisis right just because of um just the, the climate we're in these days so having sort of sort of conversations very openly about like okay what does it actually mean um from a intro perspective and not really like looking at what is out there that's telling me that this is the definition of what it means to be like this and whatnot means are very very yeah. important yeah um cool all right uh so the next question i have for you is um what does alpha delta mean to you what do you mean by that <laughs> well you know i i gave you the picture about the podcast i'm i'm hoping you've seen yeah. a couple of episodes like you know yeah. based on all of i've that, seen some like, clips on instagram and stuff yeah um yeah i think i think um the idea of people who've like achieved certain things and, and using that to inspire others is something we do on a day-to-day basis anyway. Mm-hmm. Like we will look at the people who are doing the best at our field and try to replicate the things that they're doing. So I think having like a way of being able to tap into those people in like a like a content way is is, is helpful, you know. Um right. like just like hearing about people who are maybe like investment bankers or like management consultants, like that has nothing to do with me. But I think yeah. the ways that the things that we think about or the things that um, have led us here may be similar, like the values or the processes are maybe similar. So I think for me, it's um, it's a way for us to to connect with and inspire ourselves um, by right. looking at the, the things that people have done. So yeah, awesome cool cool all right man i mean we're pretty much coming towards the end of this episode um do you have any questions for me yeah i guess two questions i you Uh you might have talked about this before um, and forgive me if you have but i'm curious why like what at what point did you decide to start the podcast like what was it i was like you yeah. probably thought about it for a long time before you're yeah, like, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm actually gonna do it. So what was the point you were like, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to record this podcast. And um, I guess what is what does the future look like for you in terms of the podcast? Like where do you see it going? Um, and what what are the things you wanted to do? Yeah, for sure. Um, great question. I yes, I have got this question a lot, but like I still enjoy answering it. So for me, I think it actually uh a lot of these things sort of happened, not even some people like like some people explain like all oh, things are very calculated and whatnot, but like sometimes it really just doesn't happen that way. A lot of it has just been like just doing things and just rolling with it. Cause I know for me it, it actually stemmed from me wanting to first start start doing a YouTube channel, right? And this the idea for this came to me in like 2019 initially. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna do a YouTube channel. So what I used to do is I'll record like short videos on my phone, but I'll just never put them out, right? I'll just like, those sort of like diary logs for myself. And I was like, one day I'm gonna put these out and whatnot. Um, and then when I came back now to Nairobi, I was like looking at some of these diary logs and I was like, wait, like a lot of the things I was talking about is just around like self-improvement. Um, it's something that I'm very, very passionate about. Something that I, I like sort of started in like since 2014. So all these years have just been like years of just like gaining a lot of knowledge, experience, reading books, trying different things. Um, and 
now I came to a point where like over the years, like it always has people ask me like, oh, like, you know, I see you always so focused. You always so like, you have a very strict routine schedule. You're always doing all these things. Like, how do you balance? How do you, you know, they always ask me all these questions. I'm like, you know, like the best way I can actually be of service to people and help out is just putting out this information out there just from my own perspective. So it started out with the, yeah, just the YouTube channel, just like around self-improvement, just putting out videos, um, just sort of sharing my insights. It's not really like me saying as like I'm an expert per se, but it's more like, look, these are all the things I've learned. This is what I feel like has helped me. And then these are the things that I can feel can help other people, right? So just sharing those insights. And then as I was putting out a couple of videos, I realized I actually I'm connected to a lot of like very inspiring people that I, you know, I can reach out to. And a lot of their stories aren't out there. And I'm sure like, you know, if someone in, I don't know, in India is aspiring to be a filmmaker like you, right? They'll literally listen to your story and be like, hey, like it doesn't seem like such a grand, grandiose goal anymore. It actually seems very, very possible because they've listened to somebody's story. And, you know, just that exposure is so important for a lot of people. And I'm sure, you know, like, you know, having been to LA, going to Stanford, just being exposed to all these things, it really opens your mind to just what, what's possible. So for me, it's just like bringing all those like experiences, all the stories and just trying to, you know, help people, trying to inspire people to just like, like the, the, um, the pitch usually is, is like inspiring people to become the best version of themselves. And that's, that's really what it's about. Like fundamentally, it's like, you know, I'm just giving people all these insights, all these like um, case studies, these anecdotes to now be able to now for them to now become the best version of themselves. So yeah that's good yeah and then sorry your second part was okay what am i seeing this going to yeah so what i'm seeing is going to obviously i wanted to grow i wanted to be as large as possible um i've got big goals for this thing um i like by the end of this year i want this to be the number one podcast in business and careers in kenya i think right now we're at like number number three in business or something like that or careers so i want to be number one i want to be top 10 by the end of this year and then the next year, I wanted to be top 10 globally in careers and business. So it's like, I just wanted to really, really grow. I wanted to have, to just have a community around it of just people just very, you know, driven to just becoming the best version and whatever they're trying to uh, work towards achieving. Um, you know, I have, I envision like things like having retreats, having like networking events, you know, like just trying to build this out to like, to the point of it, conferences, webinars, all these sort of things, right? So starts out with just like, you know, this, podcasts and just growing out this community and, and just eventually it just becoming a movement or something so yeah yeah i also final question uh -huh, sorry is uh who is who is your like dream guest if you could get anyone on the podcast like tomorrow Ooh, who, would it be? who would it be oh there's there's a lot there's a lot of people i'd love to get <laughs> um like i'm not gonna lie there's a lot there's a lot ah yeah it's hard that's actually a hard one because I feel like if you asked me this last week, I'd have given you a different answer than this week, just because I'm so influenced. Like I, I I'm a huge consumer of just a lot of different content. Um, yeah. Um, so right now, um, there's this guy I've been watching a lot on YouTube. It's called Bedros Kulian. Um, mm -hmm. It's very, very inspiring. I, I, I recommend you to, to check him out. He's actually the one where I got the, you know, the, the, four F's of studying about faith, family, finances, mm -hmm. fitness. Yeah, I got that from him. So he's someone I've actually been consuming a lot of his content lately. And it's it's very, very inspiring. So for me, so that's someone I'd love to actually get on the podcast to just like, and his, like his story is already out there, but I would still love to just talk to him. Um, 
but yeah yeah that's off the top of my head that's not like yeah. you know out of the african context within africa you know i'd love to get friends wanika on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah 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 for sure for sure so yeah we'll see we'll see uh, all in good time yeah man for sure yeah all right man so you know final remarks um you know where can people find you and is there anything that you want to plug or promote in this episode yeah people can find me on instagram at musilla manuve um and anything to plug i have a documentary i talked about kujichora coming out mm. soon i have no exact dates when but in the next like six months for sure um it'll be it'll be accessible to folks um and it's a it's a short documentary about a black tattoo artist based in austin so yeah that's awesome it. awesome and for anyone watching um i'll put all these links in the description of this video so you can just scroll down and check the love out all right so uh thank you everybody for joining us in this episode thank you to my guest masila munive um for everyone watching this is alpha delta you know a podcast where we really just try to motivate people to become the best version of themselves to show sharing the stories of people who have doing who are operating at a higher level than most so i've been your host um joe karaki and i'm joined again by my guest masila munive and this is a goodbye from us peace <laughs> peace guys